0: Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Modern Berean. I am Brandon Lockridge. I'm Steve Hogan. And we are back for this segment, Ephesians chapter 4, and we are going to finish up the chapter here. And we're starting in verse 17 all the way to the end of the chapter, verse 32. So, Steve, why don't you kick us off here?
1: This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. But you have not so learned in Christ. If so be that you heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness, wherefore putting away lying, speaking every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another." Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down on your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good that he may have to give to him that needs. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind one to another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you.
0: Amen. Yeah. Well, you, we, I see here that uh, we've kind of got like a list of uh, a list of do's and don'ts, right, for the practical living out of your faith. And he's really just continuing on uh, what he'd already started earlier in the chapter. You know, he he had, was telling them about the gifts, obviously, that they've been given, and and how to use their gifts for the unification of the body of Christ. Right. And now he's going into a bit more detail to further down that road of of how believers stay unified with one another and he kind of gets into this list of of do's and don'ts and he starts by comparing the the believer, though the one who is made new in Christ, comparing them to the way of the Gentile, right. right, and and the Gentile in in this context is the one who is without God, right? the 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 unregenerate, reprobate man who is without God, uh, because the Gentiles were were they they had not been given the law, right? So these this was the classic unregenerate, reprobate man, right? Yeah,
1: definitely, and he's telling them, you know, this almost. It's like Paul's saying, like, hey, look back to what I wrote in chapter two at the very Mm -hmm. beginning of the chapter. Don't live that way anymore. And it's very comparable to what he says in Romans chapter 12, verse two. He says, and be not conformed to this world, Mm. but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? So basically to sum it up, what he's saying is, you have been raised from
0: spiritual death to life, mm-hmm. live like it, right yeah. yeah, absolutely you know it's it's such a a perspective change, right and and I understand because like we live in this world and and so it's I, it's easy to get caught up into the things of the world, but if we if we realize if we change that perspective from from you know that oh I live in the here and now, but but instead realize that no my my um, citizenship is a heavenly Heaven. citizenship right and and right now I'm an ambassador for Christ so I'm just a I'm a sojourner right now I I am this isn't my home right exactly this is not my home uh, you know I am not of this world I my my life belongs to christ and and my my hope is that heavenly inheritance right and so if you change that that just that slight you know perspective change you know so much stuff so many things change the way that you look at this life changes you're heavenly minded you're you're not sitting there worrying and fretting over the things of this life. And and that doesn't mean that we're never gonna worry about anything or that there's not that there's not things in this life to worry about, but you just your perspective is on heaven and, and that eternal perspective, right?
1: Yeah, and you know, I, I put in here too, first Peter on this subject because Paul's basically telling them, don't indulge in the sinful lifestyle that you did before. Right. And Peter puts it perfectly in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11. He basically says, uh, toward the end, he says, abstain. Well, I'll read the whole thing because it ties in with what you were saying. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. So to Brandon's point, Peter's saying this is not your home where pilgrims on this earth abstain from what other people enjoy on this earth because those very things war
0: against your soul. Yeah. And think about it from this perspective too, that, you know, you have been, you have been crucified, buried, and raised again with Christ. Right? So now Christ is, is the federal, is your federal head, right? He's your representative. So, so you know you are now living for Christ, your life is in christ, and so to you it would be so contrary to go back to the natural man the 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 old man and to live in those natural uh you know unregenerate ways that you used to live before i mean it it would be so counterproductive it's it's a it's a disgrace to who you are in Christ. Mm -hmm. It's, um, you know, a a disgrace to, to God himself, you know, it's sinful and you're not furthering the, the kingdom of God. You're, you're doing detriment to your testimony. Right. I mean, so to live that way is, is of no benefit.
1: And I'm getting way far ahead because we'll get there, but you know, in verse 30 talks about grieve, not the Holy spirit. Mm, And so to tie into your point, I don't believe you can live that way as a true Christian and not feel grieved inside because the Holy spirit of God is within you. And the Holy spirit is not going to take enjoyment or allow you to truly take the enjoyment that you used to out of those wicked things. He's going to convict you of sin. It's going, you're going to have that horrible feeling when you do those things, whereas before Mm. you may have, Truly, and
0: thought you enjoyed them, yeah, I remember you know this makes me think of a story. I, I remember talking with my wife one time and she uh, had been talking to a, f- a friend of hers who you, you know was a-, a professing Christian, you know, had a credible you know profession of faith and all that uh, but she had been talking about some of her her sinful acts. Uh, like prior to her getting married, you know. So, mm-hmm. um, and she was kind of recounting how you know she had kind of uh, before her and her husband were married, they had you know kind of spent the night with each other and obviously you know slept together and all that stuff. And and my wife was saying, you know, man, can you know, you believe something in the effect of, isn't it so sad that you know you kind of you know ruin that I guess that first time experience like cuz you know you're in sin and all that stuff and da 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 and this girl said, "Well, no, I, I mean I don't really see it that way. I don't think it was really that big of a deal." Mm-hmm. You know, and so this is a professing Christian who not saying not saying that she's not a Christian. Again, you know, kind of going back to our last podcast like people, you know, who are and you could say she was, you know, baby Christian. So like, you know, there's, there's a sanctification process there, but you know, she just didn't see that as like a, that, that sin is like a big deal. Like, uh, like my wife didn't ask her this, but you'd almost get the sense of like, well, she could go back and do it again. She probably wouldn't change anything, you know? And it's like, And, and it's really sad because that's a, that's a, you know, someone who has made a profession of faith and saying that they're a Christian, but they're saying that, you know, the sin that they were, you know, had been, that they experienced, that they had, you know, committed, that wasn't that big of a deal to them. And so it's still kind of like one foot in the world and one foot, you know, in the church kind of of a thing. And it's, it's that sort of thing as we grow in our walk with Christ, right? And we unify with the body of Christ. Those are things that should be, you know, just heinous to us. We sit there and go, no, that was terrible. What what, a you know, horrible thing. And, and I would never want to, you know, uh, be in that again. And that you you run farther away from sin and mold more like Christ, you know?
1: Well, I think that's the warning you have in Romans, what we just read. Don't be conformed to this world. And then what Paul's warning against here because it's very easy mm. to fall into that. And, yeah. you know, this whole chapter, I know we've broke it up into sections, but really taking it as a whole, you see that God gifts people to teach the church, to edify the church, to build up the church yeah. so that we are constantly in God's word, constantly in fellowship on guard against the things of this world so that we don't fall back into our sinful lifestyle. And that's why you got to be careful. If you're outside of fellowship, if you're not uh, with Christians being built up by fellow Christians, it's very easy to fall back into the old man.
0: Yeah. This, this theme, like you say, like that runs all the way through the rest of right. the, the book really yeah. it, being on guard, being a unified with the body and making sure that you're constantly in his word and fellowshipping with believers, uh, so that you like we were just saying, so you can be on guard against those things because this the the enemy is going to attack us uh from all sides. And if we're not prepared, I mean we're we're gonna we we're going to see that theme actually in chapter 6 of Ephesians 2, right. you know, this putting on the spiritual armor of God and all that stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. So
1: so he continues here like in verse 20, he talks about being taught by Christ. And so you think, well, how, you know, being taught by Christ, what does that mean? Well, that is a part of the promise that God made in the old covenant when he promised a new covenant. You can see these in Ezekiel 36:25 to 27. In Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 33, but he tells them that God will put his spirit in us and cause us to walk in his ways and he will teach us to follow him. And one of the main ways he does that is through the scriptures. Um, God will educate us as true Christians to know what sin is, to be on guard against sin. Um, It doesn't mean that we will be perfect, but we will know sin, And this will cause us to grow in holiness um, as we grow in our knowledge of God. And we're taught also, one of the main ways God teaches is through the preaching of his word. Uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 16, if you want to read that one there, Brandon. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: It says, he that heareth you, heareth me, and he that despiseth you, despiseth me, and he that despiseth me, despiseth him that sent me. So despiseth is
1: just despises. Brandon refuses to say that, (laughs) but I'll say it. Um, Anyways, the point of this scripture, though, is that Jesus is telling those who preached his words, the disciples, the apostles, that those who hear them hear Christ. Mm. And it's the same way today. When a pastor is preaching the true word of God from the scriptures, we are hearing Christ through that pastor. And that—that that is Christ and the Holy Spirit teaching us and edifying us and building us up in the church.
0: Yeah. You know, I think, gosh, think about, I just brought up another thought for me. Think about... Uh-oh, that's you, dangerous. We'll just go, <laughs> Just going back to like the last podcast and 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 the gifts and roles that God gives people, you know, as a pastor, you know, they're up there saying, "Thus saith the Lord," right? Right. I mean, so think of the responsibility on that person, you know, and that because again, just thinking about all like the false teachers out there and all the you know people that stand in you know quote unquote pastors that stand in pulpits and 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 you know, just put all the garbage that comes out, you know, I mean, what a fearful place to be because there's such a responsibility there uh, upon those people. but yeah, I got off track. No, that's that and <laughs> what you said is very true. I mean,
1: yeah. there is a great responsibility, and sadly, it seems like a lot of pastors today don't realize the the great responsibility and I did want to point out to you I thought it was interesting at one time around the reformation they considered prophecy to be preaching the scriptures.
0: Right, I've heard that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so they didn't think of it yeah. as
1: telling future events like we may today. They just thought that that was when you get up in front of people and yeah. preach the scriptures that was prophecy. Anyways, I just that hit me when you were talking. Yeah, you're still wrong. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to go on now and Brandon's no longer going to be with us on the podcast. Um so we're going to pick up here in 22 to 32 which this kind of this whole section now Paul is contrasting the old man with the new man. Mm-hmm. And when we've been regenerate there that our life should show a change and you know the old man is depraved, fallen, blind, an enemy of God versus this new man that is created, he says, in the image of God. So basically what God has done is he's given us back what was lost in Adam. And now yeah. we wage war against sin in the flesh and we put forth an active effort to follow
0: God. Yeah, yeah. You know, it it, it takes me back to... um. I believe it's Genesis chapter five. And I think it's like verse three. Um, but it, it talks about how, you know, well in verse one, it talks about how Adam was created in the image and likeness of God. But then you go down a couple more his verses son, and son. it talks about his son, Seth, you know, was created in the image and likeness of uh, him, um, Adam. Yeah. yeah. And so you see that man was created. Perfect. You know, with, with, with uh you know given one commandment right one commandment only and and then when the fall happened, mankind from then on out was created in the image of Adam, that fallen man, but Christ came and he renewed the the uh the the original you know purpose of creation you know that that man could. Uh, obtain righteousness through perfect obedience and that's what christ did and so now we you know we talked in the last podcast about how that righteousness is imputed to us because we now point to christ as our representative you know the one who was perfect and in, in all things yeah and so when we uh put our faith and trust and hope in christ And we put off that old man, that natural man, that sinful Adam, right? And now we put on the new man, which is in Christ. I mean, everything changes and conforms or should change and conform to who Christ is. And so, you know, and like it says here in in verse 23, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. I mean, it should change the fundamental way
1: you think about things. Yeah, Absolutely so we like we look in colossians in chapter 3 verse 5 through 9 you have the old man more he says mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth fornication uncleanness inordinate affections evil concupiscence uh covetousness which is idolatry for which the sa- for which things sake the wrath of god comes on the children of disobedience in the which you also walk sometimes when you lived in them but now you also put off all these things anger wrath malice blasphemy filthy mm. communication out of your mouth lie not to one another seeing that you have put off the old man so paul summarizes what the old man is full of and you know i know brandon grew up in a christian family and i grew up in a very good family but we were not christian and you know, when I read these lists, it, it really mm-hmm. makes me reflect back on the life that I used to live before I came to Christ, and you know, and, and then I really see this radical change in my life. And if you want to read the the list of the new man,
0: yeah, absolutely. And let me just say real quick, even growing up in a Christian home, that's uh I had to put off all those things too. Yeah. So the. Uh, because obviously, you know your your gro- just where you grow up doesn't save you, right? So these totally. are all things that I struggled with as well, and that that you know the the Lord worked in me and, and sanct is you know still sanctify right that sanctification process. But but yeah, so we see you know Paul tells us in Colossians there what to put off. That old man. Now we see what to put on. And this is in Colossians 3, 12 through 17. He says, "...put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved." Bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long suffering, forbearing one another, and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which also you are called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord, and whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father with him." You know, I look at these two men, right? And I sit there and just think, like, which person would you want to be around more? Right. And which person would you want to be like most, right? I mean... You know, it's interesting,
1: (laughs) though, because when when you're unsaved, you don't want to be around the new man because it exposes the darkness in your mm-hmm. own life. You know, you want to surround yourself with people that are disobedient, that are evil, full of anger and wrath, because that's where you feel at home. And then no one is making you aware of, hey, what you're doing is not right. And I know that before I became a Christian, when you were around people that were shining the light of Christ, it's kind of like, okay, I really don't want to be in this light. You know, it reminds right. me in what what is it, John chapter three, where he says, Men love darkness rather than light because
0: their deeds were evil, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what, though, this may, like, I was, when I just said, like, what, kind of person would you want to be around most it makes me think of you know your story how you told me that you actually at one point like you had friends that didn't want to hang with you and they would actually lie to you about what they were doing when you'd ask them because they're like dude this guy's just crazy yeah
1: (laughs) yeah I was I was pretty violent and used to fight a lot and so I literally even my friends that were in darkness with me would be like yeah you know we're not doing anything tonight and then i'd find out later on they went out without me but yeah i mean just being so far down in that darkness mm. full of anger and malice and so the 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 freedom and the peace that i experience now it's like it's almost like you're looking in a mirror and like who who is that person in the mirror because i look back on the person i was and i'm just like that is not me, yeah. and I, that's just the radical change of regeneration,
0: you know. And and there's nothing else like that, right? I no. mean, there's nothing else in the world that can change a person that drastically.
1: Yeah. So when I was around twenty, I mean, I I was I got a DUI, I was in rehab, I went to AA, did did all of that, and you see like how man tries to change man. Yeah. And all, all, all that was happening is that you're just transferring one vice to another vice to another vice and th- there's no change of the heart. And so, yeah, there, I saw plenty of alcoholics that they didn't drink anymore, but they were the same angry, hateful, mean person in their heart. Their heart right. had not changed. They just didn't drink anymore. Right.
0: Yep. The matter of the heart is the heart of the matter, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And only God can change the heart. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So
1: Paul, you know, we read this from Colossians and now Paul kind of breaks this stuff down here in Ephesians, you know, and in 25, he tells us not to lie to one another. And, you know, at first glance, it's like, oh, that's easy. You just don't be a liar. But (laughs) you think about sometimes in life where you just those little white lies that make things easier for you to deal with, you know, like... Mm oh, I didn't answer my phone because I was busy. Well, you weren't busy and you were looking right at your phone and you didn't want to answer your phone but it's easier to tell someone, oh, I was busy, you know? Yeah. And so
0: there's those little things too. Well, I love to what it says here at the very end, for we are members one of another. And you think about that. If you look, try and, again, look at all this from the perspective that we are the body of Christ and, and look at the, you know, the how the body interacts with itself. I mean, does the left hand lie to the right <laughs> hand about something? And so, and that's kind of the point he's making here is for we are we are members one of another. I mean, we're a part of the same body. So we shouldn't lie. Yeah. We shouldn't be, you know, lying and deceitful towards one another, you know? And so, um, I think that, that just, that really hits me, you know, that as the body of Christ, we need to be truthful and honest with one another.
1: Amen. You know, then he talks about putting away anger, Um, Mm. be, be angry and sin not, let not the sun go down on your anger. That just took me right to James when, and I love these verses. Wherefore my brethren, James chapter one, verse 19 and 20, wherefore my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak and slow to wrath for the wrath of man does not work the righteousness of God. And I mean, for me, those verses, it's such a help in life when you think, let me be quick to hear what people have to say and slow to speak back to them when oftentimes we're the opposite. Well, let me talk first and then I'll listen to you after and I'm going to get angry when
0: I'm talking, you know? (laughs) Well, yeah. And how many um, rash decisions have been made in haste because, you know, you're just, you're frustrated. I'm just speaking personally. I, I know from my own life, I... I have done so many things out of frustration and anger, and made some horrible, right. horrible decisions. And because I was not, I, I was not slow to speak, I was not quick to listen, and I, you know, later on, it's you just, I'm regretting it regretting it. And, um, I I mean, this is such good, godly wisdom and it's like, Paul doesn't give this advice because, you know, I should say the Lord right through Paul isn't giving this advice because, you know, he, he just wants to have that control over us. I mean, this is, this is good, healthy stuff for the Christian walk, man. Yeah, I think sometimes we just have to
1: remember the the commands given to us in the Bible are for our own good. Oh, yeah. yeah. This is not a, a, a mean, controlling God that's like, I just want to put my rules in. You better listen. He knows what's best for us. Yeah. Better than we do. And yet, we do, a lot of times the mistakes we make are when we decide for ourselves, like Adam and Eve did in the Garden of Eden, No, I'm going to decide what's right and wrong. Mm -hmm. And then we go down the wrong path. And leads perfectly into verse 27 where he says, neither give place to the devil. Don't let the devil have a foothold in your life. Don't let him start to whisper in your ear and talk about how, did did God really
0: say this? Or, oh, Mm -hmm. God knows when you do this, this is going to happen, right? Yeah. You realize that God gives us an out, right? I mean, there's... God, we're not going to be overpowered by the enemy. I mean, there's going to be always a way out. And we need to, when we see those opportunities, we, we need to run from sin, just like <laughs> Joseph did, right? When he ran from yeah, Potiphar's He left wife. his clothes behind and was yeah. like, I am out of here. Yeah, absolutely. It makes me think of 1 Corinthians ten thirteen, uh, where Paul says, uh, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it right right so god's just he's not going to put us in a situation where there's not a way of escape and that and that doesn't mean well that's not saying trials too let's not be let's not be um, let's not mistake that okay it's not talking about you, that God's not going to give you trials that are hard to endure that you know will seem impossible but we're talking about temptation the the temptation to sin there will always be a way of escape and a way for you to run and flee from sin
1: yeah and second corinthians I don't I'm not going to get into the exact chapter and verse right now but Paul talks about taking every thought captive to the obedience Mm. of Christ, Mm. because what we need to realize is the warfare with Satan many, many times is a mental warfare. When we start to give place in our mind to wicked thoughts and wicked intentions, and you know, those things give birth to actions Mm. and then our actions give birth to sin and sin gives birth to death, the death of course, so not giving a foothold to the devil is trying to keep your mind and I, your thoughts pure from wicked intentions
0: and, and what Satan would plant in there. Yeah, yeah, indeed. And then the next thought that we see in verse 28 is, uh, I mean, pretty simple. No stealing, right? It says, let uh, let him that uh, Wait, stole what? steal. Yeah, I know, right? Darn it. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor working with his hands the things which is good that he may have to give to him that needeth. See that switch from old man to new
1: though? Yeah. I'm going to go steal from people is the old man. The new man is not only work hard, but work hard enough that you have stuff to give to people instead of
0: stealing from them. You know, and there's sadly... Uh, well, like in America right now, and I know this is uh, unfortunately something that's sweeping across other parts of the world uh, and has swept across other parts of the world. But, you know, in America, we're seeing a very uh, liberal uh, um, um, socialist agenda that's kind of being pushed. And this liberal socialist agenda, this progressive agenda uh makes room for people to not work and not work hard and, and earn money, you know, and, and to Paul provide said, for themselves. Paul said, you will not work, you, you shall work. not eat. That's exactly Now, right. of course, society is always
1: going to have those that cannot work. Of course. You know, yeah. Paul talked about taking care of widows. And so there's always that. And we should be providing for those people. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And we should provide for brothers and sisters that are less fortunate. Yeah. That's not what we're saying. But what we are saying is that if people refuse to work, it's not okay to take from others to give to them. That that's basically a form of stealing. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And then uh, in verse twenty-nine, uh, we t- we see just the way that we talk, the way that we communicate, the words that come from our mouth, and the you know the wholesomeness. You know, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to to the use of edifying that it may minister grace unto the hearers. So especially for guys, I think
1: this is a a great one because it's so easy to fall into that, you know, to use a a King James term, coarse joking. Yeah. But seriously, though, like to fall into that, hey, we're just guys, we're going to mess around. And hey, I I heard this joke and you know, where, where's that line as a Christian and how often are we crossing it with yeah. the things coming out? And if we followed this rule at the end here to speak the things that are good for edifying and ministering grace, how yeah. different
0: would the way we talk really look? Oh yeah, absolutely. You know what it's in, uh, James, I think it was it chapter three, I believe, where it talks about the tongue, you know, mm-hmm. being, you know, steering ships, right and that it's such a little member but it could set the world on fire basically yeah exactly and so the things that proceed from your mouth uh, you know have huge huge weight and uh you know just we like you're right like you said like as certainly as guys just need to be careful of that coarse gesturing you know in
1: verse 30 we we I touched on it briefly but grieve not the holy spirit oh yeah whereby mm-hmm. you are sealed unto the day of redemption so number 1 I want to point out here for those people that would think the holy spirit is like a force and not a person you can't grieve a force right grieving is an action that you can do to a person and not a force mm-hmm. so that's implied from the text here but this idea of grieving the Holy Spirit, we've talked about the Holy Spirit being within Christians, uh, guiding us, uh, sanctifying us. So, this, I believe, is speaking about living in an un- unrepentant sin state where the Holy Spirit is convicting you and you continue to bury this conviction within and you're grieving the Holy Spirit by doing it.
0: Yeah. And you, I mean, you look, see right at the very end, of there it says, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. I mean, the Holy Spirit, you've been you have been bought with the blood of Christ, and the Spirit has sealed you unto the day of redemption. You know, so why would you continue to grieve the Spirit with, you know, the acts of sin and whatnot, right?
1: Yeah. And notice too that he said he does say we are sealed unto the day of redemption. So again, this is the idea, you know, people call it once saved, always saved, whatever you want to call it, but that once God calls you regenerates you and seals you that's unto the day of redemption
0: and he'll continue
1: his work in your life.
0: Yeah. And you're sealed by the power of the Holy spirit. And so how would you in your own power unseal what can undo that seal? I mean, nothing. So, um, and then it goes into verse 31, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Yeah, I see. This is just like, a this is a classic, you know, do not do this sort of list. I mean, these things are not compatible with Christianity. They're, they're as you have written here, Steve, contrary to the fruits of the Spirit, bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor. I mean, we've, he's gone through all that, you know, anger and all that already. Evil speaking, we just talked about that. Uh, be put away from you with all malice, right? Yeah, so, I think it's important to point out too, though,
1: that these are feelings that from time to time will come up right sure. so when you become christian you can't ever at one point say well i never get angry
0: i just i'm so christian i never get angry <laughs> well there's a righteous anger right yeah. too i mean think about you know we should sin we should be angry at sin right i mean there's there is that righteous anger you know when we're when we see somebody in habitual sin i mean that that should be upsetting right? Yeah. Yeah. I
1: mean, I mean, you run a business as well. And there's sometimes when you get a report on someone or someone says Mm -hmm. something to you, you hear something happened where you start your initial reaction is like, man, I'm angry. Yeah. You're frustrated. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you get those feelings, you need to think about things like this and maybe say a quick prayer or, you know, I catch myself now Mm -hmm. where before when I was first Christian, I'd Sometimes just like, oh, I'm angry. I'm going to do what I want. I'm, I'm going to act in anger. Now I think like you're angry. Don't act out of anger. You think about what we read in James, yeah. slow to wrath, you know, and so those are the kind of things that can help us again, why you need to be in the word of God, because those things will come to your mind. If you study them enough that yeah. when you feel that anger, you'll think about those verses.
0: Yeah. I love in verse 32 that, that Paul caps this off at the, at the end with, Christ is like the ultimate example. He says, And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Right? So the the ultimate example is God is Christ. I mean, he's forgiven us. We need to be kind, tenderhearted, and forgiving one another. Right? Yeah. And that it's just so profound.
1: It always makes me really think about how I forgive others. You know, we all expect as Christians that one day we're going to stand in front of God and God is going to basically tell us, welcome to the kingdom because I forgave you for Christ's sake. Yeah. Yet when someone sins against us, we want to make sure that they're sorry enough, that they're really sorry for what they did, that they apologize for what they did. And it's like, well, we expect Mm. this forgiveness from God for Christ's sake. But when it comes to our forgiveness, where do we stand at? And that's why I think it's so important when we look at when they ask Christ to teach them how to pray in Matthew chapter six, verse 12, he says, and forgive us our debts or sins Mm -hmm. as we forgive our debtors. Now think about that. Christ attached us asking God for forgiveness to how we forgive other
0: people. Yeah, that's pretty deep. Yeah, indeed. I love, too, just the way that this is... I have my hand in front of my mouth, so I was like... Muffled. I don't know if, yeah, I was all muffled. Um, I love the way that this is worded at the very end where it says, even as God, for Christ's sake... You know, right. we've said it over and over a few times. For Christ's sake hath forgiven you. So it's not because of anything I did. God, God's not forgiving me because, you know... I there was, you know, two wrongs that I did and I made I did three rights and okay, my goods outweighed my bads. Yeah, and, we did modern
1: yeah. Berean, so because we did yeah, that now ex- we're forgiven.
0: Exactly. So it's not because of anything that we did, we didn't do enough goods and so God's going, okay, I forgive you. No, it's on account of Christ because the righteousness that is in us is just the righteousness of Christ. It's on account of him that we're even forgiven. And,
1: so. you know, I grew up Catholic, so I would like to take a chance to point out here, if there is anyone Catholic listening, the, the what this verse is telling you is that we are forgiven by what Christ did, period. Mm. There is no need to do penance and works of righteousness and pilgrimages and you know going to confession we are forgiven for christ that is why on the cross he said it is finished he didn't say Mm -hmm. it's kind of done and you got to do your part now he said it is finished
0: yeah amen amen well thank you so much guys this wraps us up for chapter four uh and if you guys haven't um caught on already, uh, you know, Steve and I, when we get together, we do, you know, like three or four podcasts in, in one evening, you know, and so we do three or four segments and then, uh, we release them usually within, you know, a week of each other. And then, um, and then once that's done, we'll, we'll get back together again, you know, do three or four more podcasts in in one setting. Um, and so this concludes us. And when we, get back to podcasting next time we're going to be picking up in chapter five of ephesians as i stated um a few segments ago uh, not exactly sure uh, when that's going to be just because of the schedules and whatnot um but we really don't want to make it too long i mean we we really want to you know finish up ephesians for you guys and i mean it's been such a blessing and uh, it's just nice to keep that flow going, right? You yeah, you know, I mean, definitely not to get too far removed from it. So, um, thank you so much, guys. Uh, and when we, like I said, join again, we'll pick up chapter five. And until next time, may God bless you and keep you in Jesus' name.